right here live from the NFL Combine. As usual, we want to get smarter here, Casey Valier. That's why we bring in Brad Spielberger. Uh, knows a little bit about everything about this game, but I love that you, you do so much for pro football focus as far as the salary cap goes. I want to start there with you right now. How does that twist and turn GM's eyes as far as one week, they don't know what the cap's going to be. The next week they wake up and they got $30 million extra to play with. Yeah, it's a big deal. Obviously, it applies to every team. So, that, you know, relatively speaking, they're all in the same boat. But I talked to a couple teams this past week. Past week I thought it was going to be about 249 250 So you wake up with five, six million more dollars uh, to be able to spend. I think for every team, it's one or two decisions that maybe was leading a different direction. Can you retain a rotational piece of your own? Are you going to be in a market for a guy you didn't think you would be in? It sounds small, but one or two moves can change the entire offseason. Oh, so, yeah. It's been great. It's been huge for those teams. Hey, this is a big time. Obviously, NFL Combine, a lot of storylines at the top. The most important is the quarterbacks, possibly five going in the first round. We don't know. Second most biggest story that you're interested in, if, if you understand my question, yeah, yeah. which is odd, I think, but not that quarterback question. But what are you looking forward to as far as, you know, after the quarterback questions are answered? Yeah, I think the cool thing will be who is the first defensive player Ooh, taken? I like that. Um, yeah, you know, we're hearing a lot about the offense. you got the receivers, the tackles, the quarterbacks, which of course uh, is going to be the marquee names. But is Byron Murphy out of Texas going to be the first defensive player taken? I think it's interesting. Who's the first corner? Is it Terry Arnold out of Alabama? Is it Quinion Mitchell, who I know a lot of people have, you know, linked to the Colts a yeah. bunch already. So I think that's the interesting thing to me is May not be a single top 10 pick on defense. Maybe Byron Murphy gets in that mix. With Real quick, sticking with the draft there, one of the things I've thought of when you, when you talk about it that way, so offensive heavy, I mean, doesn't that make it more of a premium to go and get these guys that are the clear-cut top of the defense? They may not be, you know, as far as playmakers go overtaking some of your receivers and quarterbacks, but that would I would think that would make it even more enticing to go get one of these defenders because the depth elsewhere might change that. It's a good point. Right. You're getting receivers late. You're getting some other positions late. I really don't think you're getting a lot of defensive line late, particularly right. on the interior. You know, Johnny Newton's that next guy out of Illinois, a disruptive problem on the interior as well, a little bit undersized, but I think it's a very good point. There is a drop-off, I think, across the entire defensive line, even a corner a little bit, too. I mentioned those couple guys. There's some names you hear late but yeah I think it's a good shout some teams might say do this one now because we can get a receiver in the third fourth that we really like Brad Spielberger right there for pro football focus center in on this Indianapolis Colts draft upcoming draft obviously so many storylines with the veterans free agents that are still out there and the second coming we like to call it of Anthony Richardson finally having a chance to play with number 28 behind him and Jonathan Taylor what's your outlook for this draft for Chris Ballard as well as the 24 season with this Colts team yeah I think last year with the volume they had in the draft and, and, and come up with some of the good moves they made, like adding a Samson Epicam. I think you've got yourself some optionality here where Look, you obviously want immediate impact players, but you bring in Josh Downs, he's making an impact immediately. Some of these young tight ends, a lot. the offensive line taking strides, Will Fries and Bernard Raymond. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the beauty is we hear best player available, all that stuff every year. Right. I think they really can kind of sit back and say, we can think long term. We can think about, like, are we trying to replace DeForest Buckner in a couple of years? Are we trying to, you know, figure out different things, whether it's short term or long term? I think they can do whatever they want. Now, we talk about, you know, you talked about the defensive tackles in this group, how you can get better of them early, but not as far as depth goes later in the draft. And one of the big guys that's a free agent for the Colts is a guy like Grover Stewart, who, you know, you look at his impact and it has been pretty impressive what he has done as a member of the Colts. When you look at what they do in free agency, how important do you think it's going to be with what they do with Grover Stewart? And then you look at the draft at 15, and if that's the you know, the connection, is that an area where the Colts could go? 
Yeah, the thing there too is I think Grover's going to do pretty well. We've seen the interior defensive line market the last couple off seasons in free agency do really, really well. Even the early down run stuff for profile types, your Dalvin Tomlinson's, your DJ yeah. Reader's, zero one tech guys that you know they just make a huge difference in how you can line up in the formation. You can have an extra guy maybe back in coverage because they can two gap. I think he's going to do quite well, um, whether it's from Indy or elsewhere. I don't know about 15, but I look at like the second, third round. Chris Jenkins at Michigan, maybe Tavondre Sweat, who's enormous yeah. out, of, out of Texas. Like, do they, right, if they don't keep him, are, they, are those guys coming up their board? All right, Brad, um, you know, some crazy action happens at a lot of drafts and stuff. And are there teams in your eyes out there that are going to make moves? How many to say, we're going to be a player? We got five guys that could go, maybe even more, depending on what people do with Rattler and Knicks and everything else. Is there a team that's in a mid-level team or down uh, as far as draft picks selection uh, goes that is going to say, I'm making a move, I'm going up to get our guy. Who do you think? Yeah, I do. I think it starts with Atlanta at 8, and then I think you have 11, 12, 13, three teams in a row in Minnesota, Denver, Las Vegas. Mm. I mean, particularly the Vikings in Las Vegas. I'm starting to get the sense that Kirk Cousins might not be back in Minnesota. And so if that is the case and you're there at 11, you're probably thinking, we got to go get a guy. Like We're not going to wait for the fourth, fifth name. Um, I, I think the Cardinals at four, the Chargers at five. I know the Giants have talked a lot about taking a premier player, maybe even getting in the quarterback situation. I can see that move back, too. So, you know, eight through 13, moving into four through six range, I think, is where you're going to see some movement. Now, one last thing here with the Colts free agent-wise that I want to talk about is we heard Chris Ballard talk about they're wanting to get something done with Michael Pittman. We know we have the little window we have of the of – the, uh, the, um, the franchise tag, what ultimately do you see his market being if he doesn't get tagged and he enters into that free agency market with the elevated salary cap? Yeah, so this is fascinating because you see more and more year to year, if a draft class is strong and deep, which we know at receiver this year, it's insane, both top heavy and through the draft, that can impact the free agent market. We had right. it last year too. A lot of guys did not do very well. Now, obviously, Pittman is a you know a very very good player, a proven established commodity in the NFL. I think in the open market, you're you're above twenty million dollars a year at that point. Like right. maybe Indy can fight and scra- scrap and claw to get it like right around that number. If you have multiple teams bidding for his services, it's going to get up there. From Pro Football Focus, that's Brad Spielberger right there. You're a savant when it comes to this league. You're a savant when it comes to roster. So I'm going to put you on the list. We call this one House of Rep. Representatives member or practice squad <laughs> member. This is, this, this is for every NFL team. So here is a name that I'm going to pull and see if you can tell me if it's a House of Representatives member or practice squad. John Sutherland. John Sutherland. Uh, House of Representatives. Oh, Jonathan Sutherland, 5'11", 202 out of Penn State, the strong safety. Uh, 5'11", do you, you the height weight for the Senators, too? Uh, I'm, not, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got it. We got it. You, we got, me. you got me. All right. Penn State, too. Big hey, school. you know what? Do me a favor. Follow him on Twitter, X, right here. If you want to get smarter about the game of professional football, it's easy. At PFF underscore Brad. Brad Spielberger, thanks so much for the Thank time. Thank you. It's our pleasure right now on Radio Row Combine 2024 yeah. here in Indianapolis to be joined now by Jeremy Fowler, reporter, NFL reporter from ESPN and ESPN.com, along with Casey Vallier. I'm Matt Taylor. Jeremy, a pleasure. Thank you so much for yeah, squeezing man. us in here. Of course. Thanks for What are you me. tracking so far? You're, I'm sure your, your battery on your phone is dwindling <laughs> as the storylines <laughs> yeah, continue yeah. to pop off here. So what yeah. what's most intriguing thus far here just, at the Combine? Yeah, just roaming hallways, just trying to catch up with whoever I can, you know, team people and agents and media and it's fun you see old friends and yeah. you know it's just uh, it's a kind of the official start of the league year yeah that's what it feels like and just trying to get ready for free agency 
You know, tra- tracking the Colts, see what the Colts are up to, you know. Right. Chris Ballard, I saw, has got uh, a beard and longer hair. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Which tells me that he's going to be really aggressive and agency. <laughs> it's, 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 oh, yeah, right. the hair d- represents a different I, persona. Just solely based on that. I don't have to see anything else. <laughs> we'll talk about the Colts. Good segue there. But as it relates to, to your job and your profession, how valuable is the Combine? Because you talked about getting together with old friends, but for you it's, it's making a lot of new friends too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge because you have hundreds of free agents. you got players that are going to be released. Of course, the draft, but for me at least, it's, the yeah. draft's sort of secondary right now just because you're trying to get ready for right. all the signings, and then you know the draft will come. This is this is more an introduction to the draft for me, Yeah, um, kind of doing some legwork there. But, yeah, it's invaluable because you can run into a lot of people. You can have meetings all over the campus of the convention center and hotel lobbies, and that's where people meet. That's where team cap guys meet with agents and GMs and it it happens fast yeah 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 and sometimes a player agent might walk away from a meeting know their player is getting franchise tag now they didn't (laughs) know that before like there's just a lot that can go down in short order so yeah yeah, it's exciting it's funny you you say that because that's that's typically what I always kind of relate the combine to it is kind of the start of the new year and I mean, clearly there's always things that are happening. And over the last couple of days, we've seen, you know, the franchise tag window. you got about a week left. There's still a mm-hmm. handful of things. As you look at what's happened to this point, what is the big surprise, whether a guy ta- being tagged or, you know, I'm looking at like all the running backs, it seemed like they're not going to get tagged. Yeah, it looks that way. You know, you think of Michael Pittman with Indy. I, I do expect he'll be tagged, uh, but they're going to kind of try to work out some talks, see if they can shake out a long-term deal if they can't. Uh, I think they'll tag him. I don't know for sure, but that's my sense. We'll see what they do. Um, you know, Chris Ballard moves uh, pretty cagely sometimes. You, know, you can't quite pin him down. So, um, yeah, they haven't used the tag traditionally, so that'd be different. Right. Sure. Uh, but, you know, several players will get it. There are too many pass rushers and good defensive tackles that uh, probably are good value at that number, so the teams will just go ahead and do it. Now, with the salary cap going up from just a, just a wide range – how drastic do you think that's going to change the way teams are viewing certain players at this time tagging and then also as free agent comes here in the next couple of weeks? Well, certainly it gives them more flexibility, especially with so many teams over the cap right now. Right. You know, they got to sort of slice some salary and restructure yeah. some deals. But I don't know that it changed the team plan that much because there's always that same song and dance where the agents say, oh, the cap went up. 20% or whatever it is, so you got to pay us more. And the team's like, well, not really. And, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, they're, they'll probably spend a little bit more, but they also might uh, release less players. Like, I could see that being right. something, you know, where um, the guys that would normally be a cap casualty might not be, or they right. can uh, afford to hold on to a player that they still value, you know. So there's going to be a lot of action regardless, but that extra five or so million from where teams thought it was going to be is, is something that could get a deal on a big money player over the top. Yeah, there's a lot of studs within this wide receiver free agency class, including Michael Pittman Jr. to this point, not re-signed, hasn't signed a franchise tag as we sit here and talk right now. Difficult question. I know it's tough to say, but just in your sense, what would hypothetically Michael Pittman Jr.'s free agency look like if he's not tagged by next Tuesday, if, you know, as we sit here and talk now? Yeah, well, we've seen the wide receiver deals go up in recent years, and you got a lot more coming. you got Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, you got Amon Ross and Brown in Detroit. Yeah, I wouldn't put Pittman in that class necessarily, but he's a very good player who's right there and deserves to be well above twenty million, probably. That's kind of where the market is, you know. So, and it's only going to go up. So, if the Colts wait, then you're looking at these other markets on the board, these other contracts with these big money players, and uh, you have to adjust, you know. So, 
We'll see. You know, it's but he's he's certainly one of the top receivers, maybe even as high as the second best receiver in the class. Now, we talk about quarterbacks, especially looking at this draft, and there's a handful of them, but. We've talked about all 23. It seemed like it was the year of the backup quarterback, and a guy who played a lot of that was Gardner Minshew here with Indianapolis. What do you envision his market being when yeah. you look at free agency with the depth of the draft? And teams are always going to be quarterback needy, I think, even more now, seeing how reliable you're going to have to be if you're going to try to win some games late because it seems like quarterbacks are getting hurt mm-hmm. more and more and the backups are being asked to do a little bit more. Yeah, he really helped himself last year. He's steady. You know, everywhere he's been, he's been pretty productive. So... He, it's my understanding, or at least my expectation, that he's trying to find somewhere where he can start right. or play or at the least be sort of a 1A option somewhere. I don't know yet whether that's going to exist, you know, because there are only so many seats. Right. Yeah. And you have wild cards like Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, some of those options, you know, Kirk Cousins if he gets free. So we'll see. I would, I would sense that certainly Indy would want him back and that uh, if that falls through where he can't get a starting job, Indy would be a good place to come back to that he'd be open to that. Yeah, but That's what I think, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I was going to bring up Kirk Cousins. You mentioned him. How do you expect that whole saga to play out? Coming off the injury and just where, yeah. where the Vikings are in terms of the franchise timeline. Yeah, I certainly think both sides are still open to returning. The Vikings have to decide, are we comfortable with the kind of guarantee structure that he's had in the past? I don't know that they are, uh, but that's – that sort of makes it clear cut. If they're comfortable with something close to that, then the deal should be pretty easy to get done. But he's used to that. Mm-hmm. If not full guarantees, then close to it. And that becomes a bit of a sticking point. So, you know, I think they want to do it. They realize he's played really good football there. Uh, but I'm certainly not putting it off the table that he's going to be open and, and be able to sign with Atlanta or somewhere like that. I, I do think that's on the table just because of all the dynamics. And this is a team with a new regime or relatively new regime that's trying to build the team in their image yep does that include paying cousins you know 45 million dollars a year I, I i don't know that i'm there yet we'll see though we've seen the the decline of the i guess the the priority at running back in the nfl and then you look at this free agent class i mean it is the who's who when it looks at running backs yeah how do you envision all of that shaking out i mean you've got guys like Derrick Henry, who arguably over the last five years has been the best running back, and you look at just timeline, I mean, maybe you look at that five-year stint, maybe the best in NFL history, and then you look at some of the other guys, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, I mean, these top-tier running backs. How do you see that all shaking out, and where is that price point, do you think? Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, certainly (laughs) some of those players are worth more than $10 million a year, especially Saquon and Derrick Henry's a little bit older, but Josh Jacobs, those two are sort of still in their prime for the most part. And I, I don't know if they're going to get there or not. It's, it's been tough the last five or six years for running backs, you know, and, and there is a supply and demand issue because there are a lot of good ones. Even look at DeAndre Swift, 1,000 yards, right. Pro Bowl. Um, he was real know, cheap, yeah. He's one of six to eight really good ones out there, yeah. you know, so that, that's kind of the problem a little bit. Yeah, I, I still feel like Saquon's unique enough uh, and even unique enough to the Giants because they don't have a lot of playmakers there. Uh, that they can get something done at a reasonable clip. But I, I don't think it's going to be $13, $14 million. I just yeah. have a hard time with that. Jeremy Fowler is with us, uh, NFL reporter from ESPN and ESPN.com. This is about you. What, what is free agency like for you? You'll win, when the bell goes off on March 13th, 4 o'clock Eastern, where are you, and, and what is life like for you at that point? Uh, so it, it's really just on the phone, texting yeah. and calling, going through my list over and over, <laughs> right? circling back with people I had laid groundwork with and – uh, just trying to see what shakes out. It, it's madness for sure because yeah. uh, there are hundreds of guys. So you try to prioritize too. Um, 
you know, it's you, know, you lean on the, the people you know well and the sourcing you have. But uh, yeah. it's yeah. yeah, I never know what to expect. I'll put it that way. Is it is it an enjoyable time? Fun time? I definitely wouldn't call it enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, part I, part, I part of the job, right? I, I, like evil? I like free agency the best, though. I like it better than like the coaching carousel. Yeah, um, yeah. I just. You know, because there are so many possibilities and things go really fast. Like in January and right, you know, yeah, the, Black the, Monday. The, the movement is crazy fast. So it is exciting in that way. It's just a lot of work. Um, but it's rewarding too, you know. Yeah. So. What, what, is, what is the most non-enjoyable part of the NFL cycle? You know, we start playing games and then, of course, uh, we get to the playoffs. Then it's the draft cycle. Yeah. Uh, then it's the combine free agency. Is, is there any part of the NFL cycle that you enjoy the most or enjoy the least? I would say, you know, the calendar is getting tighter, which is tough. There's right. not a lot of every month, Every yeah. month or something, right? Yeah. Even like it used to be kind of a teacher schedule, you know, you'd have <laughs> the June, summer, June right? to August. Right. And <laughs> now it's like mid-June to mid-July is yeah. it. You yeah. know, and even that's going to probably tighten. So right. not a lot of pockets. You know, it's it's even hard to vacation after the season because you got the combine, right? Sure. Abutting it, so. Uh, that's kind of a drawback, but could be a lot worse jobs, you know. Certainly, <laughs> right. I, I could have a real out, one. I, I get to be out and about, walking around, talking to people, and watching yeah. football. And, yeah. yeah, so it, it certainly the pros outweigh the cons for yeah. sure. Last one, Russell Wilson in Denver. Where do you expect him to be playing next year? And has uh, has the book been written on Russell, considering the fact well, he couldn't make it work with with Sean Payton, and, and and what's left in that regard? Well, the book has been written, but that doesn't mean he can't be a starter somewhere. I mean, the, the sense I get talking to teams is that he can still be a serviceable starter. Maybe not a high-end starter, but 32 of them. He's probably one of 32 still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on – the Justin Fields-Chicago thing has to shake out. That has to be the first domino because right. Chicago's under control here. Yeah. You know, they can dictate terms. They probably want to do right by Fields if they are going to pick a quarterback at one to move on from Fields relatively soon. Mm-hmm. So, But Denver can also release Russell Wilson, you know, around the new league year. Sure. So, uh Maybe he's the, the second quarterback off the board or, you know, that gets clarity on a situation after Fields. So yeah. it all depends on what's available after that smoke clears. You know, you look at Vegas. I mean, that's a team that was on Russell Wilson's original right. trade list that a couple list, years yeah. ago. Um, you know, they have Vegas residencies there. You know, his, his uh, wife is obviously a pop star. You know, uh-huh. like, maybe that's a destination for them. Um, I don't have that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, But I got Vegas on my radar a little bit with them. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Always appreciate you stopping by. The month of March is always exciting, and the best part is you watch some college basketball, some college basketball tournaments on ESPN. You see the scroll. You got all the NFL free agency right. news, and it's all per Jerry Fowler. You know, the Vikings agree to so-and-so. And uh, that's where it all comes from. The busiest man here at the Combine, Jeremy. Thanks so much again for squeezing us in. Enjoy the rest of your stay, and I hope we can uh, do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.